Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey, everyone. This is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. men's national team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also, just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life, while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger. And don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. And I woke up this morning not expecting too much movement for the players in the U.S. men's national team on the last day of the transfer window. And I was wrong. We had three big moves in the last 24 hours as John Brooks, who had verbally agreed with Mallorca and even flew down to Spain for his medical, ended up spurning them and a potential relegation scrap in La Liga to make a move to Portuguese powerhouses Benfica instead. They're going to play in the Champions League this season, so I think that's pretty good. Maybe not his relationship with Mallorca moving forward. So Junior Dest makes a lone move away from Barcelona to AC Milan. So he gets to stay playing in the Champions League. And Ricardo Pepe leaves Augsburg to play with Groningen and Holland, who currently sit in eighth in the air to VC after four games. Chuck, I'm coming to you first. We're going to talk about all of these moves in depth, of course. But which one makes you the most excited and why? Ricardo Pepe. Oh, I mean, why'd you go to him first, Jimmy? You know how I was going to feel about that. Come on. <laughs> I didn't know if he was going to go with Pepe. I didn't know. It was it's it was a a move that had to happen, and he's going to a league that caters to strikers. And he's going to get playing time, and like I said, he is going to make the World Cup roster because he's going to be playing. Greg can depend on him. Greg knows what he's going to get out of him. Sure. He helped in World Cup qualifying, so this move needed to happen, and and I'm pumped about it because this is a a, a league where he's going to develop. He's going to get opportunities. The club is not the top tier, but it's above the bottom tier. So as one of the more competitive middle league uh, middle teams in, in the league, it, it's it's almost a perfect fit. Okay, uh, some insight on Ricardo Pepe, some more ground again. They have played four games. They've only won one of them. They've only scored five goals in those four games. And apparently they just sold their one out-and-out striker to Celta Vigo. So it's looking like he's going to get a ton of opportunities. Heath, is he your most surprising, most excited choice here of the three that I said at the beginning? 
Uh, yes, for sure. I mean, again, uh, I agree with Charlie. He went, uh, Ricardo Pepe went from earlier this week. I was saying, I don't think he's going to a world cup, uh, or, or on that pathway based at the club that he's at. Now he's in a situation uniquely. You generally only see non EU players go to the top few clubs in Holland because there is a minimum wage threshold that you have to pay for non EU player. And very few clubs can 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 pay that, right? Uh, but for them to take an investment on them, I don't know if that salary is being split. I think it's around half a million dollar salary. It's a big lift, which means that they are investing in uh, Ricardo Pepe uh, and and what they think he can provide in 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 the short term, which is fantastic for him. And, and again, a league where goals are, are happen galore at a club that is is um, you know had players like uh, Aryan Robin go through there. Uh, you had um, uh, Luis Suarez go through there, you know, proven attackers that have had have sort of made their way or their path through that club, I think is a huge, a huge boost. And for R- Ricardo Pepe, he's back, baby. Let's go. Now he's just got to like reward me with about a hundred goals that he's behind on. Well, that's, that was going to be my next question is how many goals do you think he needs until their season ends on November 13th, or at least the first half of their season for the world cup break. I, Unfortunately, I Oh, hold on, hold on, Chuck. Hold on, hold on. Before they, they don't, it, the rest of their schedule doesn't have Ajax or PSV. They already played Ajax. They lost six one in that one, so that one's done. They got Vitesse this weekend. They're solid. You got Alkmaar. They're going to play. Oh, they do have PSV. Sorry, that's happening mm-hmm. on October twenty second. Those are the games that I want to see how he performs against the best clubs in the Eredivisie. But but leaving those out, Chuck, how many goals do you think he needs? And it looks like they have. Let's see, one, two, three, four. Five. Needs for what? Be specific. He's got twelve yeah. games. 12 games until, well, I guess before the World Cup roster, he's only got, he's got 11 games. How many goals do you think he needs, Chuck, in those 11 games? To make the roster? Zero. Make the roster. Yeah, make, I, I think it's zero play, goals. I think it's playing time over over goals. It's the playing time. And and that's why you make this move. It's not, I got to get six goals. You know, a Josie Altador, he goes to Mexico, to Puebla. He wasn't even playing in Major League Soccer. There, you need a staggering amount of goals. To, to even be considered. So you're talking 12, 14 goals. Otherwise, forget about it. For Ricardo Pepe, who's already proven himself in World Cup qualifying, who, who built the trust with Greg Berhalter. And remember, Greg Berhalter has very specific asks for, for positions. And you're talking about the striker position. Defensively as a striker, which has has pushed a lot of people out of the... the, the um, possibilities of being a, a number nine for the U.S. Men's National Team is how do you make play predictable for the players behind you and how do you apply pressure, right? Those are okay, two okay. responsibilities that the striker must have or you are not playing in Greg Berhalter's system. That is just how it goes. Coaches have their tactics. They have their their ass. That's it. And then how do you support build up in the attack? Okay. How are, how are you attacking the space? Ricardo Pepe does that. So for him, it's just about playing time. I... I... Okay, I get I get it. The transitional moments and how he fits yep. Greg's system, totally get. But if he doesn't score any goals in those 11 games, well, how are we going to beat teams yeah, in the World okay. Cup? Are we going to 0-0 our way one to the next goal, round? Jimmy. One goal, Jimmy. One goal. Is that what you want, dude? Is, no, that, yes. what you, is that what you want to hear? Listen, one goal. Goals, okay? goals are tangible four, evidence. I'll, you, I'll, say, I'll, say, about you're playing I'll say four goals. I'm a, I'm a, hey, I'll I'm say throw, four goals. If you're playing that much in the Dutch League, I'll say four goals. Yeah. Okay. He does. He does he not happy? make the team for me if he doesn't score any goals with the Guys, next. Right. I, 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 I think he goals. does because I think that he's earned. If we're talking about making the roster, I think zero goals he'll make the team. 
if he's playing every single game. <laughs> that is game. insane. I truly think that. Because we have I other think guys that are banging in goals. I, I understand goals that, but we got games. 26 players. We got 26 players to bring. Jim, and, come and you on, can't, Jim. Come on, Jim. <laughs> like, what I think is the solution here is, one, this is a great first step out of the horrible situation that he was in and the horrible idea fair, that they fair, thought Augsburg was going to be. I love this move. I'm not but saying But Greg Berhalter, I do think, really likes him. And Greg Berhalter, seeing him play consistently, now, if he's out of form, if he's missing a ton of chances, we're creating a, a very specific world right now of parameters, right? Which is play every game, don't score any goals. I still think that there are ways in which he can show that he is capable of being on this World Cup roster that we can criticize the goal part. That's fine. No problem. We can, but but I think Greg will look at that as an opportunity to bring him in, knowing that he's consistent and form is all relative at that point, right? If, if again, if he's getting 10 chances and missing all of them, that's a different form if he's playing every game. But if he's, if he's, gonna, if he's in a, he's goals. if he's playing every match, I, 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 he's gonna I think he will too. He's going to score goals. I saw this, to. Jimmy, I, I saw this, um, this message in here, and I'm, I'm scrolling for it, looking for it right now. Uh, and it was from, oh, the Deep Houser. And he said, I'm not a smart man, but strikers can come back from the dead instantly, it seems. Just look at Sargent. He's tearing it up. And I think that, that perspective, Josh Sargent was not even in our conversations. He was who we, we would like brush by him all last year. Yes. Now he's in form again. And because now he's, he's back in the conversations. Goals. But he is scoring goals. But I'm but, but yeah, you are right on that. I'm, but, I'm not comparing. No, it's this not to only scoring goals. You're playing a position that you 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 was playing I get wing, it. 100%, he was defending. 100. He wasn't playing center striker. Sure, now he I, is. Right, right. But what I'm saying now is, is is not in comparison to what your question was, but more into uh, suggesting that Ricardo Pepe that we knew he hasn't scored in almost a, what I think in a year now, and the Ricardo Pepe that could arrive on day one could be a completely different person. Right. Um, then what we saw, same with Josh Sargent has, who he's found his form. He's, he's getting his starts, took his opportunity and somebody that we had written off and said, he's not a goal scorer. He's not, uh, I mean, he, cause he wasn't, cause he wasn't scoring any goals. He was in a bad situation. Yes. He was the top scorer at Werder Bremen, but now he's back in it with, with a form that you go, Oh, I look at now. I now look at Josh Sargent personally and rightfully so through a different lens of like that guy's got quality that I don't remember seeing over the last because he's bringing attacks to completion, Heath Pierce. Okay, so talk to me about this. We definitely don't want to bring players that I think we need a diversity in our number nines in particular that bring different types of things to the game. So Charlie, I come mm -hmm. to you as our resident number nine. Do you think that Josh Sargent is the most like for like with Ricardo Pepe, or or do you who do you think is? And if that became the either or between those two players, would you go with the guy? And I'm going to beat this dead horse that that is scoring goals, or do you go with the one that you that you like that you know that you've used before? <laughs> <laughs> all right Let, let's let's start. hear i'm gonna let's, let's i'm gonna I, I'm, let, I'm down i'm, I'm begging yes. for your your feedback and insight let's start with the short list okay so for the nine number nine right now there is probably only six players for contention and let's say there's probably only four spots available in this position maximum yeah. okay. three three minimum four maximum sure so right now jesus ferrera He's going to the World Cup. That I think we can all agree on that. Agreed. So you have three That's more one. spots. <laughs> all right. Now you have Pifoku scoring in Bundesliga, who has had an opportunity, hasn't produced, hasn't really played that much under Greg because of his lack of ability to press defensively in this system. We we've seen what happened to John Brooks and Tim Ream in this system. They may be playing, they might be doing well. But if you can't do what he asks or what he wants you to do and what he asks of you, then you're okay. not going to play. All right. So Pifok, Sergeant, Pepe, Haji Wright, and Brendan Vasquez. That's your six. Of the six, I'd say right now it's Jesus Ferreira, 
Jordy P focus. He's scoring in the Bundesliga. You can't deny that he's he, and he's different. He's, he's, he's a, just a part of a big target in the box. You throw, you can throw him in the game. You know what you're going to get. As far so as do you that. think it's between like a, a him and Haji are kind of yeah. seen as an, yeah, seen, they're just seen yes. as, I'm not saying they're like for like, but yeah. they're seen as a kind of an either or. Yeah, I do. And, and I think what happens with P folk too, is you have this player who has kind of just been on the outside looking in. He finally gets that opportunity in Azteca and he finally gets a layup and he, he botches that chance. It's hard to get over that. It's very hard. But he makes a move to go to the Bundesliga to give himself the best chance to make this World Cup roster and to, to develop, to be really seen. Because you can say you could score 50 goals in Switzerland. It's 50 goals in Switzerland. Go to the Bundesliga and prove yourself. He's doing just that. Mm-hmm. So I like that the player believes in his quality and mm-hmm. is doing just that. Mm-hmm. So I think Pifok is has got to be in the conversation. Uh, and then Sargent and Pepe. Th- those are your four. Right now, and you bring them both. Okay. Yeah. All right. No, no, no. I, I'm not going to disagree with that. I'm just kind of curious about your takes. If you guys want to hit us up on the Twitter, ISWT is the handle. Drop us a follow while you're leaving us your thoughts on who you think the number nine should be. And do you think that Ricardo Pepe needs to score goals to make the roster? No, I'm with you. I, I like that four. I think it is a either or between PFOC and, and Haji, right? I'd probably lean towards PFOC a little bit more because I just think on crosses in very situational sub. I don't know if you start him per se, but I think that if there's a team that's sitting back that might have a lead, he could be a guy that could get us back into it. Wait, so he, Jimmy, how, how many, how many forwards four are we against, suggesting we're taking? Four. I say, I say four. four guys. We've taken at least four with 23 players to the last world cup. We play Maybe with five. one striker. Not yeah, but 20, 2014, that's that's we two. still, we 2014 played with, roster. We played with it two was for, for the majority of the U S men's national team since. No, 90. not, not 20, 2014. We didn't, did we? I mean, when you talk yes. about Josie, Clint, Aaron Johansson, Chris Wondolowski, Clint's Julian kind of Green. kind a tweener, though. We, we, yeah. Yes, it was two. Josie got injured. Remember, that's when they switched, when Josie got injured. So it was always two strikers. It was Bobby Wood and Jordan Morris at, uh, at a point. They always played two strikers. So that's why there's more than four. Now yeah. you're only playing with one. And mind you, the one has four. not been a standout hey. for the hey, U.S. You know what I'm Jackson realizing, team. Jimmy? You know what I'm what? realizing? What? I just don't know how effective Charlie would have been in a single striker era. Don't open it up. Don't open it up. Don't open it up. I'm just wondering. Stop. Stop. I'm just wondering. Like, where does he fit into this landscape? You know, how far is he? Yeah. Like, ten or eleven on this striker chart? I don't, right I don't now? know. That's, that's a good question. That's a good. Or is he question. one? You know. Well, speaking speaking of strikers. Oh no! Look what he's doing to me. Oh no! Look what he's doing to me right now. Oh my God! He's. Oh. Jimmy, let me let me give the context for anybody that's just listening. This is the man right here. This is the man. Wait, hold on. For people that are listening. Uh, Charlie just lifted up a Jonathan Bornstein jersey, and that's who Heath was in direct competition for to make the World Cup team back in 2010. Bob Bradley elected to go with Bornstein uh, over, go on, Johnny boy, instead of Heath Pierce, and now Heath wants to talk about it. <laughs> Bob Bradley did not elect that. Bob Bradley drafted him. Bob Bradley turned him from a striker into a defender. There was no election there. Okay, yeah, yeah. There was an early choice, and, and he did it. But I love Johnny Bornstein, and I love to see that effect that he's still playing. Oh, and I heard Johnny boy. And I've heard that Johnny Bornstein is not only uh, still playing professionally, but he's became like a scratch golfer during his time in Mexico. He was living on a golf course, just really enjoying his life. So I respect that, man. He's 37. <laughs> he's 37 and still balling. He's still balling. I mean, he, he played well last night. So The other thing that I Johnny remember Bornstein. that was a shock is Johnny Bornstein was apparently a big-time raver in college. Like, mm-hmm. raved. Like, mm-hmm. like specifically raved. I heard that, you too. Know? Like, you know, I, I enjoyed a night out, but raving, <laughs> that is uh, – 
Like, it's a different, it's a different, we're talking it's a the different crowd. That's, yeah. that's a lot of glow sticks and whistles. All right. Now, speaking of strikers, we have a very special one joining us on Monday's show that's going to be live at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, as we have one of the greatest to ever do it, to ever put on the U.S. shirt. Brian McBride will be joining us on Monday's show. Very excited to have him on as a guest. And, of course, we're going to continue the number nine conversation with a proper number nine in Brian McBride. No disrespect, Charlie. You're, you, you'd be great playing off of McBride's shoulder, and I wish that uh, combination yes. could have happened at one point. Now let's move on to some more transfer news. Serginio Dest making a loan move from Barcelona to AC Milan. Interesting because uh, the manager of Milan, uh, Stefano Pioli, now has the option to potentially go with two wingbacks. You could have Jess on one side and Teo Hernandez on the other, and that would be pretty tremendous attacking propositions there from either side of the field. He currently is playing a back four, but you could go with three center backs. You have uh, Kalulu and Tamori and Simon Kier. That could be good with the wingbacks. That's kind of where I see him fitting in if Pioli wants to shake it up a little bit, but he's traditionally going as a back four. My concern for Serginho Dest is that the right back currently is 25-year-old David Calabria, and he's the captain of the team, and he also plays for Italy. So that's going to be, I think, hard to break in. And then his backup currently right now is Alessandro Florenzi, who just won the Euros last summer with Italy, 31 years old, 49 caps for the national team. So a lot of guys outperform Heath Pierce to, to get into some, some meaningful playing time for the reigning Serie A champs, but they will be in the Champions League, and that's pretty cool that he gets to stay with the club in a different league, of course, and with new teammates to, to at least play at the highest level in Europe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you think? You think he's going to play? I mean, that's, that's, there's a lot. There's a lot to kind of work through there. I don't know, man. Um, I mean, if, if Calabria was, was, I don't know, 30 or more, then I'd be like, all right, Des is a good option, but they, he's 25 and he's the captain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's going to be, it's, it's going to be, it's gonna be uh, Yeah. That's a, it's a, it's tough. I mean, I, I would hope so. Better than Barcelona. I guess yeah, it's better than Barcelona. Little, what I do like playing is, time is better than nothing. Yeah. Right? And, 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 and they are not particularly, I, I know you just talked about depth, but they're not particularly deep in terms of world-class depth. And what we're seeing where Christian Pulisic on the other hand is like, not only are they bringing in more players into his spots, but they bring in world-class players into his spot where it's all relative where he fits in. We as Americans are biased to say, Give him more chances. Give him more chances. But you know, other people from other perspectives are saying, "Hey, he's not performing up to snuff, or he's not the quality of, yeah, of obviously who has." Team. Well, that's what I mean. Like, but Sergio Dest is going to be in competition with players that he can actually compete with as well, or 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 they're bringing him in. I think under that, I hope so. They're spending money on him, so and they're not. Yeah, I, ho I hope so too. This is going to be an interesting one. If they play that that wingback stuff and then have the Teo Hernandez on the side, I mean, it could be a different look for them. And it allows them to potentially match up, Charlie, with other teams, most specifically Inter Milan, that that also have three center backs. So you could almost go like for like with some of the clubs that you're competing against for the Scudetto. Yeah, I, I just worry about if Dest is used as, as a more of an attacking right, right winger, um, even a wingback, and doesn't defend – because that's where his deficiencies are. Mm -hmm. And he's a right back defending. We know you can attack. We know you're good on the balls right back. But to be able to mix it up and defend and be good in transition, that is where we need him to be for the U.S. Men's National Team. Right. And so I worry that he'll be used more as an attacking option for Milan instead of a defensive option. But – in you think he of, gives them the idea of like we can now go 
hybrid between a back four and a back three, and he could be that slot in yes. for back back three. Um, but that is that like you know, Charlie, it, it is that is the 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 trade off that you get is the modern wing back now still has to defend. You know, people have been screaming about, hey, Christian Pulisic did it a couple of times for Chelsea. He should be there. And you're like, no, because he doesn't defend. <laughs> yeah. Like, I get it in a bind, but uh, sometimes we look at that 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 wing back and say, well, now that modern wing back, they got to cover a lot of ground, right? They got to be in transition. They got to be in high spots. They got to be able to attack, but they also have to be able to defend, not as deep or not as honestly, but you do have to be able to put in a solid shift. Jimmy, I mean, we've seen a lot of teams flirting or you know it's the the back three or back five however you say it has become quite sexy over the last couple of years and could be a different dynamic in the way that they want to break teams down knowing that they are uh the campeones right now yeah i mean a lot of teams were using it for quite some time and and uh that three five two in particular but i think when i thomas tuchel winning the champions league with it and, and playing as well as they did think really brought it back into fashion in a more popular way, even though it was already existing in a lot of different uh, teams, including in Italy. So I hope that they try it. And I just think it gives, again, the manager, Stefano Pioli, the option to get into it maybe a little bit more naturally because Des provides that type of outlook. He can be somewhat of a the right side of Teo Hernandez, just bobbing forward, trying to combine, make things happen. And I think that would free up Teo Hernandez a little bit from his defensive responsibilities because like Dest, Defending doesn't seem like something he really likes to do. He'll do it because he wants to be on the field, but it's not like something he's passionate about. And you got to have a little bit of pride in your defending. That's almost 95% of it is just taking pride in what you're well doing. Well said, you defender. Defend so, so that's, I'm kind of curious what happens there. Clearly, there are some discussions. He needed to get out of Barcelona. And I wonder if, even if it's not the greatest situation, you're just like, I'm going to go because it's not going to, it sucks here. Yes. I, mm -hmm. I, I just got to go and we'll, I'll fight for it and see what happens. So, that's kind of how I'm feeling with this situation with regard to Serginho Dest, obviously flirting with Manchester United as well, which I actually think would have been a better spot for him because it was a manager he'd already played for at Ajax. And I just don't really rate Juan Basaka and Diogo Dolat as, as the best attacking guys. And I think that Dest could have taken advantage of that. But that's not going to happen. And now he's at Milan, so we'll see what happens. All right, let's go to another defender. John Anthony Brooks has made the move after spurning Mallorca. And Stu Holden and Steve Nash and their club in La Liga to go to Benfica. It makes sense on paper why you'd want to do it. Benfica in the Champions League. And as I mentioned before, Mallorca probably going to be scrapping with the relegation zone for most of the season. And now you go to the, Lisboa, the capital of, of Portugal. It's just a, well, Mallorca is beautiful. I don't even know. That's like a toss up. You can just actually. call Lisbon, Jimmy. You can call I could, No, I wanted to give it a little well, Lisboa. I know you're you know, for our Portuguese. <laughs> yeah. I'm a yeah. global yeah. <laughs> Wow, Jesus, Jimmy. Well, you must travel, huh? I, I do. I travel every <laughs> once in a while. I just call it a little leash bar. So, so what's interesting though about Brooks? They've already gone through. They're four games into the Portuguese Portuguese league season. They they have eleven goals, four two against. They're already pretty good on that side of the ball. They've gone through four Champions League qualifying games, and they've relied on a twenty-one-year-old center back named Morato. He's played at all of them, and he's been pretty solid. He's actually chipped in with a goal or two as well. They have uh, Otamendi and Vertonghen. Yes, both of those guys are a little bit older than, than John Brooks, but they have some experience and obviously been playing for the club for a while. And they have an 18-year-old, Antonio Silva, who just been starting for them, got his first ever start uh, last game, I believe, for Benfica. I feel like for their manager, Roger Schmidt, they saw John Brooks, saw his experience, obviously what he can bring to the table, and why not throw a flyer on him? Right. But uh, what do you what do you think about the move? Heath, I'll come to you first. Just about going so far down the road with a club, Mallorca, and then then turning his back on him at the last minute, even flew down to Spain to get his medical. It looked like it was all signed and done. 
And then Benfica comes in last minute to hijack that. I know what happens, but it just feels, since we know, we have some connections to Mallorca with Stu and Steve. How do you feel about that? And do you think that Benfica is a good fit for him? Because they do have a Champions League group with uh, Maccabi, PSG, and Juventus. Uh, yeah, I, again, when you have a player that's out of contract and that has that kind of experience, I mean, are you two not shocked on some level? Yes, in regards to the national team and whatever, it's fine. But even when he wasn't getting called in, he still started every game for Wolfsburg. He was still, not every game, but mm -hmm. nearly every game for Wolfsburg mm -hmm. in the Bundesliga, right? We talk about it's the top five league and he's playing all the time and he's playing in a very specific system and he's playing for a very specific club. But the fact that he's gone this long without a club is pretty shocking to me. And maybe that could be wage demands or maybe it could be people not you know, necessarily thinking that he's, he's passed it. Or it could be a number of things. So to see it now come down to the wire and, and have him go, if you're, if, you're, if you're a Champions League club and you're looking at depth or, or you know, maybe you hit a dip in form for one of your young or inexperienced players, you know you have somebody who's been there and played in big games before, I think it makes total sense. Now, whether or not he can, he can again play at that level. Champions League, I think at times you do see teams sitting back a little bit deeper, which play into John Anthony Brooks' style of play uh, when, right. they're, when they're in kind of heavy loads. The game is fast, but you tend to get a not a high press as, as much as you see maybe in some domestic leagues. But I like the move, uh, uh, you know, and, and the, 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 the chat is going crazy about is this a, could this be a mending point? Uh, with Greg Berhalter. Well, I want I want to get into that. Let's let's make that the second part of the conversation because Charlie, I want to come to you on this. Would you rather see John Brooks have a little taste of the Champions League? No guarantees he's going to start in those those six games in the group stages, but have the possibility of playing against the PSG or Juve to prove his worth potentially to to Greg Berhalter and their staff before they make their final selections for the roster on November 9th. But play in the Portuguese domestic league, which isn't as strong as La Liga, or that John Brooks would get that kind of week in week out competition in La Liga, even though Mallorca isn't playing in a European competition as prestigious as, or any European competition as prestigious as the Champions League? It's a difficult question because... That's why I'm asking you. Yeah. <laughs> Not answered it myself. <laughs> I, I, I think Mallorca would have offered a, a more competition week to week. And you're playing against uh, some of the best players in, in the world. Yes, Champions League is is incredible. When you get tested against PSG, Juve, you can see if they're going to not sit back and just defend, then you get an opportunity to see what John Brooks is all about. But ultimately, John Brooks made this decision, which I thought he was going to Saudi Arabia, and that was a done deal. And so you know he, he's just securing that bag, and he's he's done. This shows me he still has that, that competitive spirit in him. He, he wants to show... I'm going to do what it takes to try and get another look. So Benfica is a, is a top club. You, you can't really argue Benfica, Mallorca. Yeah, you're playing in La Liga, but Benfica is the top club. You're going to be pushing forward. You're going to have most of the ball, most of possession. I like the move. So okay. uh, if John Brooks is playing every week, he, he I, I don't see how he doesn't get in, invited to the final camp. Before, before it, it, the world. I, well, I mean, the September window is our first kind of chance, a little glimpse to see what what Greg is thinking, at least leading up to that roster review. And that's two weeks exactly out, by the, by the, by the uh, yeah, which is out. not a lot of games for John Brooks in particular to showcase no. himself. But but listen to this: for Mallorca's schedule, he'd have to he'd have ten games before the roster would have dropped. They play Real Madrid, mm -hmm. Barcelona, Sevilla, Real Sociedad, Valencia, and Villarreal. He probably play, thought uh, this is that would be those are five be, or six. Yeah, yeah. 
He said, yeah, I'm gonna hold off pass. on this one for a bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, why don't we check in in January? You know, like, well, what do you guys, what do you got going on January first? Uh, maybe we touch base yeah, then. Huh? That's my what calendar's they got, open. Uh, Tafe and, and he said, who, who, what's the schedule? Yeah. <laughs> no, that uh, is a crazy schedule, and we could argue he probably would have maybe gotten more minutes in those games than he might in the Champions League. Obviously, that can change very quickly. But now. What has he been doing this? And now these teams are already in four or five games into their season. That's all that in itself is going to be tough for even Dest as well to break into teams yeah. that have already been set with their managers already thinking they had certain players already in, in certain systems and formations. So it, they've got a lot of work to do, I think, to break into this Heath. But but to your point, do you think this is a mending point? Everybody watching at, at right now in the comments is saying the same thing. Hit us up on Twitter. Do you think that if John Brooks plays well, this is going to be something that will have to convince Greg Berhalter? Because I think we all kind of feel inside that whatever happened between Greg and John is almost personal. It felt more personal yeah. than anything that maybe that, was happening on the field. That's what I was going to go back to is that I, I certainly think if John Anthony Brooks is starting every game and playing well, why wouldn't he be in the national team? Well, it still comes back to one Greg's style of play and the way in which he wants to do it. And that means tough decisions. We've never really been in an era where we've got so many players of different ranges or styles, right? The national team in itself, Jimmy, especially defensively, was always built around a very specific type of player, right? Uh, in terms of like team first, fighting mentality, organized, disciplined, be hard to play against, fight like hell, right? And there were some qualities that came out. But now we're seeing this much wider range of styles and uh, player types and all these things that we've, we've never really had to, at least I don't think, had to face this before. Now, Tim Ream was an example over the last decade of somebody who hasn't gotten the looks that he wanted, even though he's playing consistently, whether championship or Premier League, and hasn't gotten the same looks as others because... It lacks pace, good left foot, good passer of the ball, can do it at the club level. Uh, and so it's an, he was probably one of the early examples that I remember of somebody that's being been pushed out or boxed out, even though their club form has been good. And so when I think about John Anthony Brooks, I still think there's something more to it than that. There's something more to it than, you know, I don't know if it's maybe his the role that he wants to be bigger in the national team or or he's a starter only or whatever that is. I think there's something bigger than John Anthony Brooks playing consistently because he's it could call it, say it was poor in the national team, but he still goes back to his club and started week in and week out at Wolfsburg. Yeah. And, right, right. and wasn't being called in to, to put a button then on the whole part of this first half of the show, Charlie, I'm going to come to you. How many goals do you think John Brooks needs to score for Benfica to get called in by Greg? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Four. I mean, four. Are you saying zero? Are you going four? What are you saying? Oh gosh. <laughs> he got to score two in champions league. He brought it, it back. He brought it back two in the champions league. All right. We're going to take our first and only break of In Soccer We Trust. When we come back, we'll talk about some signings that haven't directly impacted our players or them, them making moves, but there's some indirect competition for some of our guys. So come back and join us for that part of the conversation. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to In Soccer We Trust. I'm Jimmy Conrad alongside Heath Pierce and Charlie Davies. And we have talked about some players that have made official moves to different clubs in our player pool. John Brooks, Ricardo Pepe, Serginho Dest. I'm hearing that Timo Weah might be on the move from Lille to Sevilla. That hasn't been confirmed yet. A couple more hours left to go in this window. We'll see if that ends up happening. He'll join Yunus Musa with the La Liga club. Edinson Cavani just uh, signed with them. So that would be an interesting move for, for Timo Weah. But let's talk about some of the other players. And one that makes me, I just put my head down once again, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang leaving Barcelona to join Chelsea, which just means less and less minutes for Christian Pulisic, Heath Pierce. Yeah. And then they just signed Dennis Zakaria as well from Juventus. Not a, not a, not the same no, type not of like player, like. but it's just another guy on Chelsea that could take, take minutes indirectly away from, from Christian Pulisic. It's just not a good look. Yeah. He's not alone though. He, Hakeem Ziyech is kind of in the same boat. He just doesn't play for a national team. So we don't talk about him, but Heath, how are you feeling about this bombing move to Chelsea? Yeah. Be, before we jump onto that, I, I was, uh, one of the things that just came to mind right now when we're when we're talking about uh, Timo Weah going to Sevilla is Timo Weah is failing upwards, and I say that with, with with respect. And my question to you guys is 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 it do you think it's a bit of an issue that our players are all so young that the movement Serginho Dest goes from Barcelona to AC Milan could face the same issues, right? Pulisic stuck in his situation because where does where else could he possibly go that could afford his wages or his transfer fee? Do you think that's starting to become a little bit of a problem? that our players aren't failing down to, like, say, Ricardo Pepe is now. Augsburg, Bundesliga, yeah, to Groningen, okay, makes sense, right? Place is going to get more Great minutes. Move. Place yeah. that's good for him personally, whereas Serginho Desta, AC Milan, do I think he could play there? Elite sure. To do I think it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do I think that it's going to be a similar challenge? Should things go his way or not go his way? We'll find out. Maybe that's going to make him a better player. But... That that sort of lateral or or upward trajectory for like a team away who who isn't always a starter at Lille, I I just worry it, how long how long can these guys do this before we lose them for a couple of seasons or lose some of the really crucial crucial developmental uh, moments. Yeah, I don't know. That's, that's a tough one, and I, that's probably part of the evolution of a, of an American player now in the top five leagues in Europe that's been normalized. I'd say over the last couple of years to this new set of problems that we've never had to really address before. So it'll be interesting to see how some of these guys navigate the high seas of that. And of course, how the next generation of players learns from that. I don't know, Charlie, uh, what you think about his question or just Christian Pulisic's situation in particular, apparently free Pulisic is trending on Twitter as it should nice. be because nice. the guy's yeah. getting absolutely handcuffed. And it's almost like Thomas Tuchel is trying to ruin his life. <laughs> I, I, I would say, look at Timo Werner. Perfect example of a, a winger brought in, just left to the bench, didn't play, did play, just the rhythm, not there. Goes back to RB Leipzig. That's a massive step back and is thriving, is playing. That's what Christian and, and you know what? needs. He looks like he's enjoying himself too. Yeah, now, yes. Yeah. You, you enjoy, we all know, we've been there. When you go from not playing and you feel like you deserve to play, which is a whole nother thing, not playing and there's clearly players above you and you're not performing and you're just happy to be there in a way you're like, okay, versus 
I'm here. The guys in front of me, whether it's Kai Havertz, whether it's Mason Mount, whether it's Timo Werner, all the above are not performing. I'm ready. I feel like I should play, and I'm not playing. And when I do play, I'm the first sub. Or if I do play and I do well, I'm still changed. I'm only given 45 minutes the next game. You just feel like this is not the place for you. You are not respected. You don't, you, you, you have you feel like you've earned everything that you've had to work for, yet it's not it's not reciprocal. And so I think for Christian, it's a, that's what he, he's he's in a it's almost like a depression. You're, you're saying, hey, I'm doing everything I can. I'm working my butt off. I've showed you I don't quit. He's not going to quit now because your back's up against the wall. It's so easy to say, uh, I'm out. You got a World Cup in front of you. You got your future ahead of you. So you can't quit. It's not in you to quit, but it sucks. I've been there a million times. It sucks. You do everything you can, but you're never given the proper chance like, like other players are because a coach doesn't see you in that way. And there's nothing you can do to change it. Not that's anymore. Where Christian, that's where he, Christian is right now. He is. He can't change Tuchel's mind. Tuchel nope. clearly has made up his mind on what Christian Pulisic can provide to his team. And it's unfortunate because it seemed like, based on their history together at Borussia Dortmund, that that wouldn't end as acrimoniously as it is at this current uh, do, moment. Do, so, do, do we all not think that an, an American owner, Todd Bowley, coming in would change things? Because it hasn't at all. It's almost saying Todd Bowley had to come in and say, you know what? I have to back Thomas Tuchel. And whatever he says, this is the top guy, not me. I might be an American, and I love that Christian Pulisic is on our club, but this is a Champions League winner. I, whatever he wants to do, I'm going to go with, and I'm going to back him. And right. I think that that's right. that's where we're, we're at. So, so what's interesting is that there are so many machinations in place and different types of rules that if a team can't afford his his wages, Heath, or or his transfer fee. He could still go on loan, right? And Chelsea could eat some of it and, and try to find that happy ground. It just doesn't feel like, to what Charlie's saying in some, some ways, that, that the club is working in the best interest of Christian Pulisic. And they don't have to, of course, but there they're is not. an element of you want to make sure you're getting the most out of your players. And right now, I don't think they're going to get the most out of a Christian Pulisic for the rest of the season because he's going to be so checked out on the fact that they don't have his back anymore. And that's very clear. So now there's only what, a couple hours left in the window. And, and it's looking like the door is going to be shut. I, I, I feel for this guy because he needs to be playing because we know he's a confidence guy. When, when he's playing and talk about a guy that, that looks like he's a world beater when he's having fun. Christian Pulisic is close to the top of the list for me in our player pool that when that guy's feeling it and having a big smile close. on his face, he's, he is, he's, uh, he is the he's guy. unplayable. <laughs> yeah. He's unplayable when he looks like he's having a good time. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I don't know how much of it has anything to do with bully or or that. I mean, this is this is a multi-billionaire, right? He's not looking into the locker room going like, hey, what are we doing with that guy? You know, like it seems like his, though they made like 18,000 hey, signings. How do, how do we make that guy's life better? You know, he's American, just like me. But you know, doesn't like, Todd Bowley know that we have a World Cup in a couple months? Like, come on, man, you're working against yeah. us. You're a goddamn yeah. American. Act like it. Yeah, I, I I think it's probably less that they probably looked at solutions. I think they probably they know that they've invested heavily in him, and they're like, well, we're going to continue to, you know, squeeze this lemon because we've 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 produced it and we've built it and we've paid for it, and we are not going to just let you out because it doesn't suit you. Because I know that you motivated are going to get me. Enough results. I mean, if you look at the depth of the roster, I mean, what a dream situation for Tuchel to be in, even though the team's not getting mm -hmm. results. Uh, a dream situation to be in with that that kind of depth, right? He did that, constantly rotating his squad to go and win um, the, the, the Champions League. And so, 
I, I look at this situation and I think that we look at it through a very Americanized lens. Todd Bully's looking at it through a much more business type lens and a more macro lens of saying like, how do I drive value into this club that I just spent a fortune on? Um, and then Christian Pulisic is the one that loses in this scenario. But window closes, he's got two choices, right? He can continue to be upset, which he's going to be, or he can harness that and make the most out of it, which, you know, we've all been in those crappy situations. No one wants to hear that. I don't want to hear that when I'm in that situation, but he's going to have no other choice. Yeah. 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 No, he's got no other choice. I'm still hoping his dad continues to like social media posts that hate Thomas Tuchel. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want that to ever end. All right. Let's talk about another American that could be in a precarious situation at Fulham. It's Anthony Robinson, really our only out and out left back in our player pool. He looks like an automatic lock to start for us. Once we take on Wales on November 21st in the first game of the World Cup, because Levin Kurosawa has joined on loan to Fulham from PSG, and he's 29 years old. He's made 153 appearances for the French champions Paris Saint-Germain since arriving from Monaco in 2015. He's got 13 caps for France, even though he hasn't represented them since 2019, and he hasn't yet played in Liga at all this whole season, and that's primarily due to Nuno Mendes, the teenager left back, who's absolutely tremendous. What an upside on Nuno Mendes, and Portugal's lucky to have a player that young that has that type of quality, but we have some of our own. Now, what I think is interesting is, I found some fun facts for us. Only seven Premier League teams have delivered fewer crosses than Fulham so far this season. So, I don't know if that's an indication. Only, only, Only how many? Seven. Okay, so almost half the league. Yeah, but still, you know, and and but I just I just think that's it. It's a stat that I think is interesting because when you look at what Kurosawa brings, uh, Kurosawa yeah. he 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 does get forward. And he does provide He's really crosses. good on the ball. He is very yeah. good on the ball, and and so I wonder what happens now with Anthony Robinson. I really do, Heath. And and as our resident left back, I want you to chime in here on um, if you're just the manager and you're looking at it, given experience and what both players have in their lockers. Would you start Kurosawa over Anthony Robinson right now? Let's leave the American bias out of it. I mean, not immediately. I'd see where he's at when he comes in because the Levin Kurosawa we know, you know, goes back seven years, right? Of the player that was like was getting his his caps, maybe even eight years of the player that was coming onto the scene as late teens, early twenties. As a, as, a, as a potential superstar, right? Going into PSG, we saw him in champ- Champions League. We saw the quality that he has. That's a different player than we're seeing now. Now on paper, you go, okay, this is this is trouble. Um, but maybe it's going to bring out the most of Anthony Robinson. Of course, on paper, you look at Levin Kurzawa and you go, wow, this guy's going to definitely take his spot uh moment he comes in. But the speed of the Premier League, the way in which Fulham have to play, the d- defense first mentality, it's going to be very different than anything he's ever experienced at PSG, that's for sure. So I had the opportunity to see Arsenal and Fulham at the Emirates last week. And and one of the things that I noticed, Charlie, with Anthony in particular was he actually didn't do too bad defensively. It's just when he won the ball, he actually struggled getting it out and defining that outlet pass to alleviate the pressure that Fulham's in. Now, in fairness to him, Fulham do sit on top of their box a lot. So there aren't too many options to look going forward. It's not like Mitrovic is going to outrun people up over the top. I mean, Mitrovic is quick and strong, but I don't know if he's going to like outlag anybody with, with the ball into the channel. So even though that's an option at times, it still doesn't always solve the problem. And he ran into that a few times. Arsenal kept the pressure on him and then they, he lost it and Fulham were still under the gun. And it happened a couple of times. It wasn't just like once a half. I saw it three or four times and I thought, ah, this could be a problem. And I think this is something that Marco Silva, the manager of Fulham, could hold against him. And I think that maybe Kursawa could be better in those instances. And so Kursawa was definitely going to get an opportunity. I just fear he's going to make the most of that opportunity, Chuck. Yeah, he also could get an opportunity at left center back. True. 
And so because he did I, that for PSG. So I wouldn't necessarily say Anthony Which Robinson. Which is Tim Ream's spot, by the it, way. <laughs> yes. So I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's it's direct competition and he's out. Right. I do think added competition there is a good thing for Fulham. And it's going to push Anthony Robinson because he was the left back and only left back. And for Tim Ream, the captain, now you're pushed as well. I mean, typically against the big the big teams, why Fulham have been so difficult to beat is because they drop in the low blocks and they're super organized. That right. that's their ticket to staying in the prem right now because they're frustrating teams. They're good. They've been good on the counter. I think for Anthony Robinson, it's when they do win the ball in the low block, he has limited options. You could you could play to Mitrovic and Mitrovic is fantastic at holding the ball up, but typically they're running around like ragdolls defending, and you don't have too many options. I mean, Heath, how many times have you played in a game where you win the the ball back? defending like crazy you put your head up and there's nobody there or nobody has the the energy to make that run for you well that's actually an example of how big international games can be when the pace is really really high you get it back and then all of a sudden you realize you defended for all these periods now you're looking around going oh man are we playing with seven because i got a few of my teammates that are hiding from me right now you know when they know they know you know charlie knows if charlie's getting kicked by a center back and he's got to check underneath for the third time in a row to hold up that ball or draw now he might spin out on right me. now yeah, i gotta yeah, yeah. play it down the line <laughs> yeah and that's a that's a you know mixed percentage pass uh but, but that's the difference so, yeah, I've been you, you, that, you'd have uh, that option down the line of- yeah that's true that's why that's Fulham, why Chuck Fulham would be in our top that. four of our of our of our <laughs> player pool for sure. Fulham doesn't have that spinning into the channel option. No, that's true. That's a good point. I mean, this Sorry, is my, a uh, my headphones shut off, so I missed whatever you guys. No, said. no, it's fine. But what I was gonna say, Shay Chuck is, uh, and everybody listening, because uh, he can't hear us anymore because his battery died, <laughs> is uh, that a competition is good. I definitely want competition for all of our players. I, I just when you go out and you have a manager is like, we need help in this spot. And it directly impacts one of our player pool. It's just like, oh man, you know, I, I get that they need some cover or potentially looking for a starter. I just don't think that's a great sign for Anthony. And, and uh, he, he's one of many that I don't want to lose minutes heading into a World Cup. We want him as sharp as possible. Now, Fulham have gotten off to a great start in the Premier League. There's no reason to change things, but if he's trying to level up, I mean, it's a pretty good signing to get a player of his stature, that type of experience, and played for PSG coming to Fulham. Uh, I think is uh, pretty impressive. Heath, are you back with us? Yeah, I'm back with you. I, I got to point out one thing real quick. Do you guys remember when, you know, the the the, the uh, social media handle 433 was starting to explode and it was becoming this big global thing and, and Laven Kurzawa did the takeover for the day. Do you remember that viral video? No, no. Where he, where he was like hosting for the day and he goes, this is Laven Kurzawa and you're watching 433. And like... <laughs> And like trans, translated it as 433, even though it's, you know, classic uh, Dutch 433. Uh, and it was one of the funniest moments of of, of my life anyways. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's going to take some time for him to adjust into this team, playing Champions League and playing at a big club. We, we know how many people, we talk about this a lot. Could We talk about this at managers, especially like, could they drop down and do well, right? Jose Mourinho going to Roma, he's starting to build up something there. And you go, okay, this guy's actually up for a challenge. I respect that. But for a lot of managers, could Pep Guardiola drop down to a Fulham and 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 overperform expectations? Could a player who spent all of his all of his professional career at a team that's been dictating the style of play, yeah, high pressure environment, competitive environment, top level player, but it's very different than when you don't have the ball. And like you said, the options are few and far between. You're defending for long periods. I'm not saying he can't do that because he's got all the attributes to do that. But are you like how fast can you adjust to that style of play? That's something that he definitely hasn't experienced. 
Yeah, this is going to be one to watch, I would say. I mean, I think the Pulisic one feels like it's, like it's going to be over the next few weeks. But the the Kurosawa here joining Fulham could impact Reem and Anthony Robinson. So we'll see how that all plays out. Let's end this on the transfer news stuff on, on a high note. And that is that Juventus is getting rid of a lot of central midfielders. They just uh, let Artur Mello go from, they paid $72 million for him from Barcelona. And now he's going on loan to Liverpool. So we'll see how that plays out. And then uh, Dennis Zakaria, who we mentioned before, is going to Chelsea. But that opens up time and, and some space and some more minutes for the one and only Weston McKinney, Chuck. And I think these are I think these are signs that uh, Maxi Allegri, the manager of Juve, values Weston in a way that maybe he doesn't. Because they were trying to move Rabio as well to Manchester United. Mm-hmm. That fell through. But we didn't really hear, outside of maybe some whispers at Tottenham, we didn't really hear Weston McKinney's name being bandied about. And don't forget uh, Pogba with with the That's witch true. doctor making calls. So um, <laughs> it, it feels like this this is a good spot for Weston. And, and similar to to Christian, similar to to guys who have to prove themselves every week and in training. It, it, I think it's worked out in Weston's case, whereas Christian it, it hasn't, and he's going to be forced to stay there and and keep battling and try and you know, earn his time with, with results and goals. So I think at the end of the day, if Christian can come in as a sub and score goals and start creating goals, that's his ticket to more playing time and to starts. And some, in some cases you're saying, Hey, Thomas Tuchel, he's really being harsh. Mm -hmm. And then on the other, other, on the other side, you say, Oh, he's pushing Christian to be better. And right. so once Christian has overcome his, his injury problems, now it's okay. I gotta I gotta take that next step and get the have the finished product, goals and assists. Once he does that, then he's the, the ultimate juggernaut, right? He's he's been through it all, the mental toughness aspect, the overcoming the health issues, and you have an infit in form Christian Pulisic. Now, also, I should add, and this is a shout-out to producer Alex, who reminded me that uh, Juve did pick up Leandro Paredes, the Argentinian international, 28 years old, from PSG. So that is going to be some competition, and he's a hell of a player. He does cover a lot of ground. I don't know if he's uh, as box-to-box, let's say, as as a Weston, but uh, mm-hmm. he's very, very good. So this will be some competition for him. And, 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 and let's not forget, when we're talking about Weston McKinney, a big part of his game previously was meant to be more prowess in the attack, putting up better numbers, right? We talk about all of our big stars. Team Awea, big star for the national team, not putting up numbers at 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 Lille. Um, Christian Pulisic, last season, six goals, two assists. Season before that, four goals, two assists. Like, we're not talking about massive numbers here, right? And so you can see the arguments from other angles that, yeah, again, I, I, I'm seeing here Mountain Havertz, five stars, zero goals, zero assists in the chat from RD. And, and that makes total sense. But when when... The only way to really, as an attacking player, to cement yourself um, is is to put up some numbers. Put up some that's numbers that make 100% you hundred percent right. Yeah, that's why Pepe needs to score goals at Gronigan so he can make the goddamn Four. team. Okay, four goals. Four is your magic he's number. Need. Four goals. All right, we're going to come to the end here of our show with a transfer special on In Soccer We Trust. Obviously, incredible that we have so many players involved on this. I think should be a national holiday at this point, or an international holiday, given how important it has been over many, many years and how exciting and dramatic it is. I'm going to go final thoughts about anything that you want to talk about. Charlie, I'll come to you first with regard to this particular show, this transfer window and how excited you are for any of these moves or how disappointed you are that uh, some players might have less playing time. Looking at you, Christian Pulisic. I'd say of the 26 man roster for the world cup, 
we can say there are 16 guaranteed starters. Whoa! Uh, not Sorry, starters. That's a lot of starters. <laughs> guaranteed ro- roster spots. Definitely winning the World Cup if we can start yeah. 16. 16 gar- guaranteed roster spots. Wow. Do you want to name those quickly? You have those right yeah. there? Yeah. Okay. I'm kind of curious here. This is, right. is going to be an extended oh, final thought. the old Charlie's closing 10-minute <laughs> thought. Here. Matt Turner, Zach Steffen, Anthony okay. Robinson, Chris Richards, Walker Zimmerman, Serginho, Tyler Adams, Kellen Acosta, Weston McKinney, Luca De La Torre, Eunice Musa, Timothy Weah, Gio Reyna, Brent Aronson, Christian Pulisic, and Jesus Ferreira. Yeah, okay. I agree with those. 16. Locked in. 10 spots left. Up for grabs. It's wild to me that we got Chris Richards locked. I mean, I know it makes sense, but like he might play two minutes a game every other game until November. Right. Well, that's why John Brooks comes back to Tim Ream. That's why we're talking about him again, you know, because it's still pretty wide open. But yeah, I guess I guess the one name that I would be the one that would be maybe a more on the fence is Chris Richards. But everybody you th- else, you don't, you don't think he's I think he's going to go. But I'm just saying that okay. that yeah, I, it's I, just I agree weird with to you. say lock in the situation that I think he's going to find himself in. Yeah, but it is true. yeah, I agree. He is locked. Yeah, he's locked. Not okay. ideal. <laughs> it's definitely not ideal. <laughs> There's a lot of not ideal, ideal locks, Charlie. Okay. <laughs> we have, a, we have yeah. a lot of guys. You know what I will say? There's a silver lining to a lot of our guys not playing. They're going to be super fresh when the World Cup starts. They're going to be <laughs> oh, yeah. flying and ready to go. a super fresh team that, that's not in form, for sure. Not in form, but, man, are they going to be able to run like crazy, okay? They might make a form lot of mistakes, of life, but they're going to make up for, for those mistakes with a lot of energy and heart. So, Heath, any final thoughts for you? No, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really excited for Ricardo Pepe more than anything, just to see him get out of that situation. That was a big money move, big money transfer that, you know, we were all, you know, kind of waving the red flag saying, please don't do that. He did it, didn't work out. And to like to recognize that, to work towards a solution and now find this short term solution, hopefully at least gets him back into form or, you know, maybe he's not the player that we, I thought he was. Yeah, we'll I guess we're going to find out pretty quickly. Hopefully, I don't know if he'll start this weekend for Groningen. We'll talk about that more tomorrow. We'll preview all the big games for our U.S. men's national team's player pool. It should be a lot of fun to jump back in. All of our guys continue to score goals. We'll see if they can keep that coming. And again, I want to remind everybody, on Monday, a very, very special guest joining us, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, if you want to be a part of the festivities live. We obviously have this YouTube channel. Or if you want to hit it up on audio platform anytime, of your choice. We would love that. Hit subscribe, follow all that good stuff. Hit us up on Twitter as well. ISWT pod. Cause we have Brian McBride coming Let's on the show. Go. Unbelievable. Absolute legend works for us soccer. Now we'll get into what he does for the organization and, and his hopes and dreams for the program moving forward. And yeah, we're going to have some fun with Brian McBride. That's happening on Monday. And that is my final thought. So thank you for listening and watching it in soccer. We trust so on behalf Producer Des, producer Alex, Charlie Chuck Wagon Davies, Hollywood Heat Fierce. I'm Jimmy Cream Cheese, Trash Can Conrad saying thank you for your support, and we will see you tomorrow. Later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? 
Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 